This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Business Women Australia podcast, featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now, onto the show. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. My guest today says, I help protect your business so that you can stay in business. And joining me on today's show is Katrina Ford. She is passionate about protecting small businesses from hackers. And her business, Kate, uh, is on a mission to educate businesses and the community to understand the risk of cyber attacks. Now, the stakes of a cyber attack are at an all-time high. I'm sure one of you have experienced that or maybe know someone who has experienced it. Yet Kate believes that taking small steps to improve your online security, well, that is going to decrease your chances of getting hacked. Now, with years of experience working with businesses of all sizes and across many industries, she has a strong understanding of business operations and what is required for business growth. And she applies this knowledge when devising and implementing tech solutions that will securely assist uh, with business growth. Now, on today's show, Katrina is going to share how to identify the weakest links in your business that could open you up and then result to a cyber attack. She's also going to talk about why SMEs, they're a target for hackers, as well as top three tips to protect your business from getting hacked. So welcome to the show, Katrina. Thank you so much, Amory. Thanks for having me. As I said in the introduction, cyber attacks is far more prevalent now and it's coming at us from all directions. So let's just dive in. What are some of the things you are seeing come across that we need to be aware of now across different platforms? Yeah, I think um, with the, the increase of remote working, we've just seen a whole different ballgame now. Um, businesses had to pivot or move to remote working without very short notice, which has opened up the um, availability to hackers to access businesses through home networks like they've never had access to before. Um, on a daily basis, I have people reaching out to me um, through my socials that are witnessing all different types of hacks and scams. Um, scams is probably the big one that we're seeing on the social media at the moment. Um, and unfortunately, it's not just impacting individuals. It is impacting businesses. Um, I think I mentioned to you that um, not last week, but the week before, I helped eight small business owners um, across the world that have lost Instagram accounts. And some of them, that was their primary way of reaching their audience to marketing their business for business growth. Um, and they didn't really value um, that how important their Instagram account was to them until yes. it was gone. And I think that's the big thing is um, for me is identifying what is important in your business so that if when it does happen, 
um, that you can still recover and you can still um, continue to operate and grow your business. Um, and I think that's the big thing. So ransomware attacks, they've always been huge um, and they still are out there. So that's malicious software being installed in your computer. Um, and then they encrypt your, your files, which spreads through a network if you're in a business. But the number one thing that I'm seeing is um, it's all coming through scam emails, phishing emails. Um, when you look at and trace back to the source of how they've got into an organization or a business, uh, it's normally through somebody clicking on a link or um, giving them access to something that they shouldn't. So um, phishing scams are definitely still the number one way that they um, they target businesses. Yeah. And it's so important to know how to identify the weakest links in our business. And I know you're going to be going through that. And even myself, who is very cautious and very um, careful about what I click on, I still found myself, would have been about a month or so ago, Katrina, I found an email and it came through from one of the service providers that I do my domain names and so forth. They'd used the, so it was a phishing um, email. So in other words, someone tried to make it look as if it was coming from my service provider, I clicked through the button. I thought, that's bizarre. I, I'm sure, you know, I, I would have, because um, it was reminding me that something was coming up for renewal, get it renewed now. I clicked through and as I was on there, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go on the website in, you know, the, the proper way just to check up. And as I did that and went in, I suddenly realised, oh my goodness, because I couldn't find you know, it said you're not due for another year. And then I realised and it asked me, they wanted me to put in my credit card details to pay it. Yeah. Make it super simple for you. That would have not the been. tactics that they use, just as you described. They send it from a brand that you trust. They create a sense of urgency. You must do this now. And that's why we act on it, because we don't want to wait. If you look at phishing emails, they normally follow the same tactics. So they yes. come from somebody that you you already trust, you've built a relationship with, you might know. So as you say, a service provider, the language is always um, very urgent. So we're, we're going to lock you out of your account if you don't click now. Yes. And we're going to delete your mailbox if you don't click here. It's something that's really making you want to act. And the key giveaway is always that they want you to click on a link or they want you to open an attachment. And yes. then when, when you start to look and analyze phishing emails, you see the tactics that they use. And yeah. that's what I teach a lot is how, how do you start to train your brain to look at these emails to start to go, okay, there's something suspicious here. Yeah. And, you know, even um, the phone calls that we get from service providers such as the banks, you know, when they ring us and, and they are legitimate. But as soon as someone says, well, we just need to verify your details, what's your name and all that, I just say, you know what, I'm going to stop the call now because I will ring you and we'll yeah. go through that way because who knows who's going to. And I always say, well, you rang me, so you should know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You just cannot be too careful. And anytime anyone tries to do a little bit of that scarcity fear-mongering across any message, I'm just like, stop, need to think about this logically. What are some other ways that I normally get you know, to access that. Um, and then, you, you you know, an extra five minutes could be five minutes well spent, couldn't it? Because you don't have to ring up people such as yourself to say, <laughs> Katrina, I clicked on that link. Um, and I think um, just on that point, um, you know, there's a stat that's going around at the moment. I think it came out from an agency in the US 
um, where 60% of small businesses that suffer a cyber incident or a data breach um, within the next six months, they go out of business because they just cannot recover. And that's a huge, um, I seen it a number of years ago at a conference and I thought, Maybe that has changed, but recently in February of this year, um, they've they've renewed saying no, that's it's legitimate. That's what's happening. And with working with small businesses, especially you know maybe solopreneurs is is, is um a big example. Um, they might just find it's too hard, especially yes. you know after going through all that we've gone through with the pandemic, and maybe some of them have just been able to keep their their neck above water. And next thing they get hit with a, a cyber attack or, you know, a scam. And then they're just like, nah, I have to give up. And I can see it. I can see it with some of the people that I help, um, especially if they've lost Instagram accounts that they've maybe built up over four or five years. They're yes. just like, nah, this is too hard. Yeah. Totally um, recognize how, how yeah, it, crippling it can be. I've had a couple of colleagues in that situation as, as well. And as you said earlier, and I think that's such a great reminder, and then we're going to dive into how can we identify some of these gaps, these weaknesses. But it's it's not until we lose uh, an account, access to account, that we realize how much time and effort we've put into building that brand. And I know for many solopreneurs and, and even small businesses, because of what's happened over the last two years, and there's always silver linings, isn't there, to any um, challenge, we're now far more familiar with online spaces and the tools and technologies that are available, which means that we have spent a lot more time building up our profiles online. So if that suddenly goes um, overnight and we can't access that, we realise that there's a lot of work that we may lose out. And I think before we went live, Katrina, you were saying that one of your clients that you helped uh, reclaim their Instagram account, the business, would it would have been multi-millions that would have yeah. been... Yeah, he, he, he was a photographer. Um, so I've helped a number of photographers recently who are in the NFT space. Yeah. And um, he had his, this one particular um, guy had his, he's from the US, had his Instagram account stolen about four or five weeks ago. And I have discovered one method that helps some people get it back, not everyone. But he was persistent and he kept using my method over and over and over again. And he finally got it. He sent me a message last week and I was just so happy for him. Um, he estimated that if he didn't get that account back, it was uh, a few million that he was yeah. standing to lose without getting it back. And yeah. unfortunately, these social media platforms are probably inundated with these types of messages. Help me get my account back they just are probably overwhelmed or sometimes can't. So um, sometimes it feels like there's nobody there to support them when this happens. And that's what he said. Um, I don't even know how he found me. <laughs> he, I don't even know where he got me out of, but he found me anyhow. And he said, I believe that you have a tactic that might work to get my, my account back. Um, and he's been so, so grateful. Um, he has his following back. He's, um, I've been following him now on his real Instagram account that he's got back. And he's, yeah, a very, very happy man. Yeah, with a very tight security system around his profiles online, I, I am sure. Let's yeah. dive in. We promised to share with people how they can start identifying the weakest link in our businesses so that we can stop any potential cyber attack. Yeah. So you made a very valid point, Amory, um, with the rise of all these online businesses and people working from home and remote work. Um, 
I am th- seeing at the moment a lot of um, small to medium sized businesses deploying technology into their business that they haven't really done research around and they maybe just don't have the the tools um, or the technical capability to secure those accounts. So therefore, they put them in place. It's it's making their business operate and it's doing the job that it's been there to do, but they don't look at it from a security lens. And that is what's catching most, most people out. So not putting the basics in place, like um, making sure that you have a, a good password um, management um, system in place, making sure that your accounts have multi-factor authentication. Um, like for instance, your email mailboxes, um, they should all have multi-factor authentication at this stage. And there's so many that I um, have seen that just don't, if they are with a service provider that maybe doesn't offer that security feature, then they don't have it. But the biggest, I suppose, weakness that I'm seeing is the mindset of business owners. Mm. Business owners are constantly saying to me, "I, I thought it would never happen to me. And I actually woke up last Friday morning and I had a lady who owns a fitness company send me a message on Facebook saying, Kate, I've just been hacked. And she's like, I've been watching you on your, your socials and I honestly never thought it would happen to me. And yeah. that's what I'm saying with every business that I help after the, the, the fact is that that business owner doesn't think that it would happen to them. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I'm saying is business owners thinking that it's, it's really hard or it's really expensive. But mm-hmm. in actual fact, it's not. A lot of the tools that we require to protect our businesses are already there. We just haven't um, implemented them or set them up. Like multi-factor authentication, it doesn't cost anything in small businesses really to set it up. Um, putting in a secure password manager, it's buttons you know in comparison to the cost of recovering your business after attack and these basic things is what we need to help business owners understand that they need to do and that it's not that hard the other biggest thing is your staff people are the number one risk when it comes to running any business I done a, a small security review for a business um, a few months ago, and this business had five staff, um, one owner and four staff. And um, the business owner was just so, so busy making the business work and doing all the things that um, they didn't really fully look at what their staff was doing around their systems. Yes. And this business held a lot of confidential information about huge brands in Australia. Mm. And they unfortunately the way that they were operating they were one step close to a very 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 bad day they were all using the one password they were all using the one account to log on to an online system and that held a lot of sensitive information and it was just basically there was no awareness of what the staff was doing in the business and so when you you know look under the lid (laughs) you start to see um you know, it, it's the basic things every time. Um, so that's what I would say. The weakest links is the mindset of the business owner and your staff. You know, is your staff operating in a, in a secure and safe way? Another great example of I have um, of where the staff um, unfortunately was socially engineered. Um, the, it was an executive assistant in a, a, a small to medium sized business. Um, she'd went to a networking event and um, as you do now because we're 
we have freedom and we can go to face-to-face networking events. She was super excited about going to this event. So she took loads of photographs, put it up on her LinkedIn account. And two days later, she got an email from the event organizers asking her to give feedback on the event. But it wasn't the event organizers. It was a phishing attack. And when she clicked the link to open the survey, it installed um, malicious software, which ended up in ransomware um, on the business's computers. And it took them a week to get themselves back online again. Um, So it's educating your staff. What are you sharing on your socials about the business that could then um, give hackers access, you know, to socially engineer you? And those types of tactics. So definitely training your people is, is, is key these days. Yeah. It's interesting that you just share some of those things. I mean, with the staff and the security, you know, we talk about the, um, you know, the, the what did you call it to when you're logging in that there's a two-step process that you may have to, like it might send um, a code to your yeah. smartphone. Uh, we have to put in, in into place in our business if we've got staff and for ourselves, maybe like a double opt-in too, a double, you know, if you do get an email, what are the things that you check? Because quite often when you take a step back and you don't kind of click first and then go, uh, but ask and then kind of discern as to is this a real email, is you can read the English because sometimes the English is shocking and it just doesn't fit with who you know because you can get emails from from colleagues or you know friends or or someone that you think is very trustworthy and they are but their email has been hacked so it's not actually coming from them the email from address you know can often be so there's certain things that we can have in place and teach our our staff these are the things that you need to look out for before you even click you know think before you click or something like that there should be a little motto isn't it yeah that's a famous motto think before you click but it's um adopting that suspicious a healthy suspicious mindset that um for some reason we have developed this um trust with our emails um where we operate in a very fast-paced environment not normally and we just click through emails click 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 and we don't think about what we're doing and that is probably why emails are still the number one way um yeah. but the, like the thing that we're also seeing is um mailbox is getting compromised and then the hackers continuing to communicate with people as if it is that person and sometimes it can be very difficult to identify in that case um at the moment there's what we call redirection scams that is happening a lot in the real estate industry settlement agents where they are hacking into mailboxes and convincing buyers and people that are transferring money to pay it into a separate account or a different account. Um, I know of one company, and this happens a lot, where the emails get hacked, they intercept an invoice, they change the banking account details on an invoice, send it on, um, and then the person doesn't think anything different because you know it's come from the le- legitimate email account. There may have even been a previous conversation with the email or the invoice attached they're using all these tactics so that we don't have any healthy suspicion. But again, it comes back to if you have a business, watch your process around paying invoices. You know, you should if it's a new Double supplier. Check. It's different from the oh. one that's already on your, you know, account. Yeah. Um, ring, you know, certainly yeah. ring. Tell me this thing, Katrina. Why are SMEs then a target for these hackers? There's various reasons, but one of the reasons that we're seeing is that SMEs 
just don't have the budget to invest in their cybersecurity. Um, so therefore, it's you know other things are prioritized in the business, especially with the pandemic and everything that's happened. Businesses have done it hard, and therefore sometimes they just don't have the budget. So hackers know that that they're an easy target. So that's why the other big um, thing that we're seeing in the industry at the moment is supply chain attack. So they could be targeted to get to who their um, customers are. So you say you you provide services um, to a large corporate that's maybe in critical infrastructure, then it could be you are targeted to try and get into that critical infrastructure or into that larger customer. So the supply chain attack is quite quite big at the moment. So it might not actually be you that they're trying to get to. They might be just using you as the man in the middle. Wow. Wow. Mm. And yeah. and also too, I guess some of these hackers they are quite young millennials, aren't they? I mean, I don't want to label it, but they are. They've got some really, I mean, they've got great skills in in IT. Let's just put it to good use, shall we? Don't don't do um, that the hacking this way. Funny you said that. I was at an event last week and I met um, three young kids. Um, yeah. They're all around fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, and they're learning to do coding and. Yes. That they are prime, you know, candidates for being unbelievable hackers in the future. So I was convincing them to come to the the right side of hacking and not the dark side. Um, but the questions and the conversations that we were having, I was like, these kids know. They, yeah. they've, they've, I know someone. I'm not going to say who, who it is, <laughs> Katrina, but someone when they were going to a particular secondary college said, "You really need to update your IT security." The, no, teachers and, and so forth, staff said it is, this, it is the, at the highest level and they go, no, I can hack through it. <laughs> yeah. You hack through it, we'll give you a, a role. Hacked in it, didn't take very long at all. No. But there are actually hackers that go that are trained to try and hack certain things because if they are able to, but in a good way, companies will say, oh, we want you to go yeah. and try out, test out our systems yeah what could potentially be a weakest link. And then, of course, they they reprogram to ensure that that link, it's an ongoing yeah. thing. I mean. Yeah, that's penetration testing. Um, and there's some unbelievable stories about some of the world's most famous hackers and, you know, what they have done just to highlight to businesses that, you know, there is an issue. Um, yes. So I, um, I've worked with various companies that offer those services that, you know, they will try and penetrate your network or see if they can um, manipulate your people to allow them in. And yes. it's a really if, if you've got a, you know, a business and you are really concerned, you know, it is a really good activity to do because yes. it does then really find out where those weakest links are. <laughs> Smaller businesses probably maybe might not be a fit to afford those types of services. But um, definitely in some of the larger corporates that I've worked in, that's a regular occurrence. So oh, you're always especially. on the watch out if, if um, you're under test or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of the horror stories that I've heard even from real estate agents whose staff just inadvertently clicked on, here's your invitation for the Christmas party, and it shuts down the entire network across Australia. And, uh, you know, it took several days to get back up. Those are the kind of things that, that can happen. But as we um, continue to, to talk about things that we can do to alleviate I mean, you've provided already such wise advice. You know, what systems could you, uh, you know, potentially open yourself up for? We need to be mindful no matter what size we are in our business. But what would be those top three tips to help us protect our businesses from even getting hacked? Yeah. 
I would say number one is learn how to identify phishing scams and train mm-hmm. your your staff um, in your business how to identify those phishing scams. Um, one of the services that I offer and I have um, done for businesses is we do simulated phishing campaigns. So we send out a test to staff to see who will click. And it's not to catch them out, it's to start to train them on the techniques that the hackers are using. And it's a really useful tool. So, you know, if you have a business, you know, train them on how to identify those phishing scams. I I talk about it as if, um, you know, learning how to um, not speed. Speed cameras are out there to be a reminder that we need to slow down. And if we test our, our staff and our people using simulated phishing campaigns, I've seen through, um, you know, doing this for a number of years now, that it actually does have an impact and it changes if you do it properly. So definitely number one is helping your people understand and um, identify those phishing scams and social engineering scams. Number two would be... Um, protecting your accounts, your online accounts. So making sure that you have a good password manager in place. And the big thing with password managers, I see so many um, businesses try to do the right thing and put the password manager in place, but then they continue to create their own passwords and not let the password manager auto-generate. Hackers know the methods and the techniques that we use to create our passwords. So it's no, it's, it's, it's not of much advantage really having that password manager. <laughs> and then it's your dog one, two, three, and then you're sharing the night, your dog, and here's, yeah. you know, here's puppy, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So getting a good password manager and then making sure that you have multi-factor authentication. So those two steps are multiple steps to authorize that issue. Um, yes. With multi-factor authentication, I often hear, especially small business owners, I don't have the time, it's too difficult, or it's just inconvenient for me to do this. But honestly, when you set it up and you set it up with like an authenticator app, it it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't cause long. that. I tell you what, it's very inconvenient to get hacked too, isn't it? <laughs> very costly. Yeah, very costly. yeah. You said something, I'd love you to share a little bit more. You talked about the phishing, you know, scams and emails and so forth, but you also said something else that we need to be mindful of. And for people who may not be aware of what that is, you talked about social engineering type scams. Yeah. What's that? Share a bit more about this. Well, social engineering is basically the art of manipulation. It's manipulating you into doing something that you wouldn't normally do. So those people ringing up, pretending to be from the bank or pretending to be from a telco, convincing you to take a step or an action that you wouldn't normally do. And and that's basically, phishing is the same. It's based on social engineering. um, And that's the way that these um, phishing campaigns are orchestrated are to convince you and manipulate you that this is what you need to do. So um, these hackers are, when I studied at um, university, I studied a master's in cybersecurity. And when I got really into, you know, behind the scenes of social engineering, um, I started to realize that these hackers know a lot about the human brain and our psychology and what makes us tick. And they are unfortunately using that against us. So social engineering is somebody ringing up saying, I'm from your IT department. I need to install software on your computer. Um, Can you click this link and give me access to your computer? Or it could be you work on on, on a reception and somebody comes in asking you for access to a server room or to the CEO's office. So it can be physical as well as um, online. So, you know, they could come in and convince you that 
they are a tradesperson coming in to do work and they're dressed like a tradesperson, but they're there to access the systems or plug in a USB drive or something like that. So that's basically what social engineering is, is, yeah, using our, our, our human brain against us. Yeah. So in other words, don't trust anybody. <laughs> Become very discerning. Um, I'm very mindful about that. You know, sometimes I hear um, some of my family members, my husband in particular, giving out some of these details. I'm their writer. Who are you talking to? What do they um, want to know? Don't tell them these things. Um, just- yeah, there was somebody came to our, um, our home to um, fix our, our NBN. And I wasn't here at the time and my husband was here and um, he he phoned me and said, yeah, they're here to fix the MBN. And I was like, have you checked their ID? Are you sure that's who they are? And he was like, yeah. why would I do that? And I was like, well, you just don't know. You know, they, they might say that they're there to do something, but they may not be who they say yes. they are. Um, so it's just having that healthy suspicion. But I suppose when you go back to the top three, my number three tip um, would be making sure that you have backups in place but also making sure that your backups are tested. I often say that um, your backup is only as good as its last test because what we see is when the D-Day comes and this happens and it will, um, it will happen to everybody at some point um, in their business life, you want to make sure that you can recover. And what we see a lot of businesses going, yeah, I have backups, yeah, I'm all good. But then when we go to recover, they haven't been working for two weeks or yeah. it hasn't You've been got back malware in your backup as well isn't yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so that's that would be my number three tip um is you know prepare for um yeah. the inevitable to make sure that you can recover no matter what um, yeah. and that's what i've seen with businesses that haven't put that disaster recovery plan in place so that contingency in place that they're the ones that normally then struggle to to recover and get back online Um, and you should also as a business owner know how long it will take you to get back online and what is your communication strategy to your customers to your staff to the media you know what what steps do you take because when it happens you will go into that shock um, mindset and you do not want to be reacting from that state. You want to make sure that you completely know every step that you need to take um, so that you can co- recover successfully. And if you do um, like have a cyber incident or you've clicked on a link and you think that it has installed malicious software on your computer, disconnect it from the internet, shut it down, stop it in its tracks and then get professional help. Because the last thing that we want is it the hackers have an access to your computer and then them being able to get to other computers on the network are giving them time to to do their work. And um, we've seen a lot of cases where something happens on a Friday afternoon and then they have the whole weekend in a business network to do what they need to do. So Friday afternoon seems to be a, a key time that they will target businesses knowing that we're on the wind down, we're looking forward to that glass of wine to the weekend and we're maybe not thinking how we normally should. And watch those triggers too for the social engineering, isn't it? Uh, sometimes you see them come through on the messages. Hey, is this you in this video? And <laughs> how many people? I I know the people who've clicked on that because then you see all these spam messages coming up, and then yeah. kind of like maybe a day later they go, "Don't click on that. I've been hacked." Um, but as as you said, this is so important. Address it now. Start to put into place some of these key um, processes that will alleviate even the potential to be hacked. But also when we think of how we do business now, a lot of our businesses 
have tech, our websites, our computers, um, our smart devices. I remember years ago, Katrina, I was multitasking and, and I never really multitasked like I used to. When this happened to me, I was updating my website and, you know, talking on the phone, doing a few other things. And I clicked the red button. And as I clicked that, I went, what did I just click? And it was, do you want to overwrite your entire website? But thankfully oh. I had a team, I, I had the package that uh, had a backup. So it was up and running, you know. And, and that's it. We we are all humans. We just, we, we make mistakes. It is part of human nature, you know, and uh, a very, you know, I, I was chatting to somebody yesterday about this. If we started a bricks and mortar type business and you're in the middle of a CBD, you would be thinking about your CCTV cameras, your alarm systems, how do you protect your business? If you've seen uh, shoddy characters outside, you would be increasing your security. With yeah, online... You don't men, do you? No, but with the online world, it's so invisible. You don't see who's on the perimeter of your business trying to get in, you know, until it's too late. And that's why you need to take that same level of care with your business when it's, when it's online. Yeah, so true. We could continue to talk for hours on this. We've just scratched the surface. However, uh, please connect with Katrina. What is the best way for them to do that if they would like to reach out to you? Yeah, you can get me normally on um, Instagram. It's um, one of my favourite places, to be honest. Um, I'm, I share a lot on Instagram. I do be on LinkedIn quite a lot as well. So you can get me on LinkedIn. Instagram, I'm Kate underscore CyberSafe. Instagram, or LinkedIn, sorry, I'm um, Katrina Ford. Or you can reach out to me on my website, which is caitcom.au. Um, yeah, so if, if you want any, any help or advice or if that nasty situation does arise I'm always there to help but you know it is a, a very heavy topic and I would just love to leave it with a message that technology is amazing you know we're able to do this through technology look at what technology has done through the pandemic for her businesses we wouldn't be able to continue to operate um my family lives on the other side of the world and I've been able to still communicate for the last three years through technology so for all these heavy dark things that we talk about there's so many wonderful advantages that technology brings into our lives so we just need to remember that as well yeah. you know it's interesting you should say that you know often we hear um uh, people talking about technology this technology that technology is actually wonderful it's the user that's using the technology and you can use it for good or you can use it for bad. Let's be people that use it for good so that we can continue to share a um, message such as you shared today. And, of course, if you're a member of Business Women Australia, then you'll be able to connect with uh, Katrina directly and maybe even meet at uh, one of the wonderful networking opportunities we have as part of BWA. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Loved our chat today. Thank you so much and thanks Business Women Australia. Um, they're an awesome group. I am such so happy to be part of such an amazing group of ladies for the last few years and without them during the pandemic, I would have been completely lost um, working from home. Um, Lynn and the rest of the team had awesome events online and now we're back to face-to-face -face and it's just such a, a really cool and inviting vibe that Business Women Australia have created. Yeah, absolutely agree. Well, thanks again. Thanks, Katrina. Bye for Thank now. Thank you. You've been listening to Business Women Australia podcast. Want to become part of a dynamic collective of women who are passionate about business success and personal growth? 
Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.